We have just wrapped up our big celebration for our one-year anniversary of the podcast, and we have a listener we'd love to shower with a little love. This is a five-star review sent in by Herb Garden, and it says, When I first saw the title, it intrigued me to read on. As a small business owner, I learned so much from April about storytelling that it builds a bigger audience, deepens relationships with customers, and gains new clients. Yes, I totally agree, because they get to see who we really are, and I invite you to check out Lightbeamers. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Herb Garden, for that lovely endorsement and for even adding on for people to check out all of our work at Lightbeamers. We appreciate you so much. Herb Garden, if you are listening, we'd love to send you some giveaway goodies as being selected as one of our podcast giveaway winners. So I will need you to DM me on Instagram or Facebook. You can do that at Lightbeamers, or you can send me an email, april at lightbeamers.com. I'll need you you to reveal your full identity because all I have is Herb Garden on Apple Podcast. Um, Reveal yourself to us so that we can get you some of those giveaway prizes over to you. And really just want to say thank you. Thank you for your kind words and thank you for tuning into the show. Now our podcast giveaway is now officially closed for our one year anniversary celebration, but that doesn't mean we don't want to keep hearing from you. We would love to keep hearing from you. So I invite you to, um, to give us a review if you have not done that yet. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash story and post your review there. And we will continue to read your reviews on the air as well as shout them out on social media because we appreciate all of your support. So once again, we've made it really easy for you. You can go to ratethispodcast.com slash story to post your review. We always, always love hearing from our listeners. I'm not sure if everyone would admit this or not, but I suspect there's a little rebel hiding inside all of us. You know, the little voice that says, oh, forget about what others are doing or saying, let's do it this way, or let's say this. Yeah, I think there might even be a select few that wear that rebel label quite out loud. And you know, that is exactly who my guest is today. That is how I would describe Jetty Newenhouse. Jetty is a speaker, model, and an influencer who has really woken up her own sleepy voice to represent the core values that she really holds in high regard, and that is of individuality, respect, honesty, and optimism. So surely you can see she's a perfect fit for us here at Light Beamers. Jetty's fresh approach to making her own rules will truly inspire you. But what you'll find in this conversation is the real inside story of Jetty's upbringing and past that did not easily pave the way for her to be successful in this arena. As you'll hear, Jetty's rise didn't really take place until after she was in her 40s. So if you're sitting there wondering if it's too late for you, let Jetty's story be the inspiration you need to go for whatever is stirring in your heart today and for you to be your own rebel. 
Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Light Beamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Light Beamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Jetty, I'm so excited to have you on the Inside Story podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, April. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, um, I have had quite a few people on the show who belong to the Soul Centered CEO, and that's how I know you. And so listeners of the show will be familiar with that because I've talked a lot about the Soul Centered CEO with Haley Hunter Hines and um, just what an amazing collaboration and group um, collective that is. And it's been so great because it's how I've gotten to meet people like you that I don't think I would have gotten the opportunity to meet otherwise, right? Like that's been one of the coolest things about belonging to collectives like that is getting to meet new people. So I'm really excited to be able to have this conversation with you and explore even more of your story today, because I know your story plays a big role in really the work that you do today. And we're going to talk about all the different facets of your work, but I'd love if we could dig in at first and talk a little bit more about that story that has led you to the work that you do today. So I know originally you're from the Netherlands and you Mm -hmm. grew up um, in sort of a big family. It sounded like a big family, but there were a lot of things in your childhood that were kind of cornerstones of your story. Would you like to share some of those? Yeah, I uh, I was a fifth child and kind of an unwanted uh, oopsie baby. I think that was was a deep wound for for myself. You know that contributed to my life story and and the eating disorder I developed later. But uh, yeah, my dad, um, my parents passed away because they were older when they had me. And he had PTSD undiagnosed from a colonial war. He had to go. He was sent there in 1947, right after they went through World War II. So that was, um, of course, put a big mark on our family. And uh, he, I don't think he ever knew this. It kind of went everything around trauma and PTSD kind of came up in the last yeah, 10 years, really, you know, and uh, then he wasn't here anymore. And my mother had sort of her own trauma, I would say, I don't really like the word trauma, but can't find another one for it now. But um, she was abandoned as a child, she was given away to a family with no kids. And so that um, that was a pretty sad story. And 
I always felt that I did not really fit in, you know, with the older brothers and sisters. And also, I just knew I wanted a different life. And I I didn't want to be narrow-minded and live in kind of in that culture. I, I always knew I wanted more. Yeah, so you had that sense from a very early age then of just not fitting in and um and knowing that there was other there were other things outside of your normal um daily life that you were interested in. Yeah, and I was always looking for the right people and finding the right friends and um but it was also not really, I was kind of too much. The kid, the kid that wanted too much was too, too bubbly, too excited, too, I wanted too much. And so that made me also in, in, a, in a people pleaser, you know, pe- pleasing the people, the, the people in my family. But in the meantime, doing secretly other stuff and wishing for things. And so, yeah, the, and, and then being codependent on that people pleasing and validation too within my family. And I, yeah, I started working on that in my late 30s. Then I realized that, but I've, secret yeah I've always kind of done the things but with shame you know I've always tried to go after the big things but but yeah with with deep shame inside of me like guilt and worrying about guilt what people and, would think yeah. is that was yeah, that big one yeah. yeah yeah I think th- these are some big topics that you talk about um just in just this this short little bit you know, you talked about an eating disorder, you talked about the people pleasing and the consequence of having a lot of shame and guilt around your your desires to have a bigger life, to desires to go do bigger things or other things, and yet also being pulled down by that shame and that guilt. I mean, just those three things alone, I think are such common conversations inside the, the world of women. Um, well, there are common issues. I don't know if they're common conversations. But they for sure are common issues, right? That the more you talk to women, the more you find out that it's a really, you know, a commonality that a lot of us share, whether it's the people pleasing or body dysmorphia in some way or dealing with shame. Obviously, the work of Brene Brown tells us that shame is such a big piece of of our vernacular. When did you start? You said you started to do some work in your 30s to try to to go on a journey to 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 resolve some of that. Can you tell us what it was like to to have the that you know knowing that you're suffering the consequences of the people pleasing and the the eating disorder and all those things, what did it look like for you to begin to turn those things around? What was that period of your life like? What did it take for you? It took cutting out some people. I uh, actually, I think around I was 35, I went non-contact with one of my sisters because for me, um, it just was a very toxic environment and I could not be myself. She was sort of like the mother figure in my youth. And um, of course, it's kind of sad for I have empathy for her, too, you know, as that she felt that she needed to be my mother. Right. But in my 30s, it felt like I could I could not breathe anymore. I could not. I had to discover who I was. And so that was the first thing. And then my dad passed away uh, around I was 37. And that really made me realize that uh, the bulimia that I had since the age of 18, 
it was in, in periods of time, stressful periods of time. It was not like I was every day purging and binging, but it was just a long time <laughs> that I realized that, hey, that is not normal. Uh, it's not normal to do that. And, and of course, I felt a lot of shame around that too. And my husband was all the time the only one who knew about that. But of course, he couldn't help me really. And that was, was when I started my first program kind of online because I always um, felt kind of ashamed to actually go through there was so much shame in my family about around going to a psychologist and talk about your problem there was I mean that had happened in my childhood and I I just felt shame about uh, around that so it was great that I could start something online and uh, but but I mean that shame is, of course, gone now. And, and I, I know that, you know, talking to someone about your deepest shames and struggles and issues is the first step to to healing. And there's totally nothing wrong with it. It's just power, right, to do it. Oh, absolutely. It's so important to to say that because I know a lot of people who may be listening to this, you know, might be in that same spot where they're considering seeking therapy or counsel of some kind and may also be carrying that same shame with them but how important it is to hear that it's not anything to be ashamed of that it's actually very empowering and it's a step of claiming that power for yourself right to to take that to do that work to do that work and to to share those stories with someone else so that you can begin that healing journey and you know i know that we kind of just jumped in on your story and we shared a little bit of this in the intro but you know, the work that you do today is is uh, very forward facing around fashion and, you know, you're a model, you're a speaker, you're out there working with women and talking with women and exhibiting your own womanhood in a very beautiful way by the modeling projects that you take and some of the companies that you represent. What is the main message that you are really wanting to to share with other women by way of your own story the the real the core message is freedom <laughs> behind everything is um you know with every decision i make now uh i kind of ask myself does does this give me freedom does this make me feel free and in numerology i'm a number five which is all around freedom and just owning yourself and um, and, and I just hope, you know, also sharing my story, like, I mean, you empower women to share their stories. And uh, for me, by sharing my story on a large scale, it's also part of my healing journey because I take people on my journey. People are just, and, and I'm talking about the good things in life, but also uh, when I have trouble or when things don't go that well. And so, uh, and, and I just hope to reach just a few people that, you know, don't resonate with that other person, but can resonate with my story and feel that they're not alone and uh, feel understood and, and less shame. And also, you know, when you start that healing journey, you start to know yourself you start to know what, what your desires are, what you like in life and what you want. And that's really how I got here. And I discovered, yeah, I love modeling, but I never 
felt good enough for it. How can I do that? Or how can I speak or write? Or how can I be an ambassador or an influencer for a brand, right? And I just busted through all those stories I told myself in my head. So fears, fears, right? A lot of time that's fear or insecurities. Of course, I think any of us would say we have those same thoughts. And you know, like, I think that's what holds a lot of us back is those is those types of conversations that happen in our head. How could I possibly be the one to go do that is something like when you talk about earlier, when you were a kid, and you were dreaming of this bigger vision of your life and what you wanted to go do? Did it involve speaking, modeling, fashion, being an being an influencer or an advocate in some way or did it look different back then it, it looked different i just i just remember i was always cycling with my best friend past this house with all these bookshelves and my best friend i'm going to see her in 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 the fall in in this october and uh she knows exactly what house i'm talking about and I'm kind of living in that house now, you know, I have the bookshelves too, and I just wanted a better life. Uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't want to be in lack of money or lack of all the things. And so that's what I created. And I think deep down, I knew I was meant for bigger things. But that best friend of mine, I let her do it. Like she ended up being a big shot in the Dutch TV world. And I was always feeling like she always knew what she wanted to do. And I was like, well, you can, but I can't. And we came from a similar background. And But she could and I couldn't. And I always was in her shadow until, yeah, in my mid-40s, I was like, yeah, yeah F it. <laughs> Now it's my time and I, yeah, I always wanted to be in the spotlight and, and I learned through my numerology and so that I'm meant to be in the spotlight, but that felt really scary for a long, long time. And it still does, you know, it's still sometimes scary, you know. I think that's what's so inspiring, though, about your story, Jetty. And one of the things that I've learned about you through getting to know you in Soul Centered CEO is that you kind of have been this late bloomer, like in terms of, you know, age is not stopping you, right? Age is not stopping you from... And by no means are you old because I'm right around the same age as you are. And I feel the same way. I'm like, uh, I, I might as well be 20 over here because I have a lot that I still want to go do and I'm doing it right. But I kind of in the same way, like I just haven't, I've looked at age differently the more that I've aged, right? And age is no longer the thing that uh, I, people like you out there sharing, living by this example are sharing with other women and illustrating to other women that age is not a factor and that you really can go and complete these big dreams at any age. Like you said, it wasn't until your forties that you started doing some of these, these big projects and you started allowing yourself to step into that limelight. You started, you know, a let, you know, chasing after those opportunities to be a model and to represent certain brands, some big brands. I mean, you step, you, you represent some big brands. So, you know, so it's like, it's not small play here. And so what would you talk a little bit about that in terms of how did, was there ever a time where you thought age was to your detriment? And how did you get over that? Yeah, I think in my beginning of 40s, um, I thought, I realized, oh my goodness, I'm most likely 
half of my life is is over uh, if I'm lucky. And then I actually had to get a chronic illness. I had Lyme disease, which was undiagnosed for a while, for a long time. Uh, in 2017, I got the diagnose and, and that really changed my outlook because I don't know, it, it kind of made me feel depressed to to become an older woman going for lunches with friends going golfing which i don't even do uh you know that type of life i did i did not want that and then of course i had other examples online that i started to follow that empowered me uh to go and to go after what I wanted. And I mean, the whole modeling industry, it, thank goodness, is changing right into more acceptance of every color, acceptance of every size and aging now too. Like there is a market now for older women. I mean, modeling agencies hiring completely different. You don't have to be six feet tall and weigh like a hundred pounds and be 16. Uh, they hire they're very, most of them becoming very diverse. So yeah, it just kind of looked depressing to me to to not have anything. And after my kids are older, you know, they're now 17 and 20 and both uh, university uh, or the youngest one is going now. And yeah, thank goodness I built uh, something. So I have a life now and I don't have to be sad. I can be happy and excited uh, for how far they came and instead of being sad and depressed. Uh, because, yeah, I, I guess when I'm 70, I'm probably still doing things, you know, that excite me because that's what life is all about. Experience, experiencing things, people, situations, uh, you know, that's what it's all about, I think. Oh, I could not agree more. And I think that that speaks to you know, a lot of women who have experienced that, you know, kids going off to college and kind of what, you know, having that thing for you now, um, if you haven't done that before, it's never too late. It's never too late. And that is such a, a beautiful example of that. I'd love to know a couple of things. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to something you said earlier, which was about your books, like the bookcase, you know, like the house you drove by and had all the bookcases. And now you have a house that has bookcases. I'd love, I loved that you said that. So that got me thinking and curious, hmm, what sort of books does Jetty read? Like what sort of books have you filled that those bookcases with? So could you share just off that I'm totally putting you on the spot, but what are some of the favorite books that you have read that have been instrumental to your growth journey? Well, it's kind of funny that you ask that question because I've Lately, I was reading all self books and I read before bed and there were self-help books. And, and, and two weeks ago, I felt tired and I put those self-help books aside. I was like, it's been ages that I read a good novel. Like, OK, enough done with the healing, you know. So there's a lot of self-help books. Um, one is The Body Keeps the Score. Uh, one other good one is Conversations with God. Uh, it was a very interesting, good book. Oh, I have many, many self, like also about generational history repeating and stuff. You know, was a, I, I forgot the name of the book, but Carl Cease's book, Money. Uh, it was about money. Yeah, and for other than that, I like more 
kind of a type of thriller book. I also love to read Dutch books. I'm fluent in both languages. So I when I'm when I have the chance to be in the Netherlands, I, I buy books there. I find them a little a little bit more they're kind of more open about everything, right? They call the body parts as they are with no shame kind of thing. It's more direct and I I, I yeah, I love that. So Oh how interesting how to, you know, compare the cultures between the Dutch and the Americans. Well, you're not even living in America. You're in North America. You're in Canada. But um of course my American mindset of course, went to American. That just goes to show you. So I would love for you to share a few more of like different, either similarities or the way that the Dutch think differently about certain things. If you could call some of those out, that would be interesting. Yeah, great question. I, well, I I feel very rich that I have both experiences, right? I feel very fortunate. Dutch are very living in cubicles, like the politic parties used to be like there was one religious religion party political party so when you were very religious you would pick that party and there was a social party and then a party in the middle and everything your whole life was kind of based of in which group you were yeah that was something typical that when we came to Canada it was so freeing that hey I could buy any car I wanted without being judged and talked about you know there was so much I think Dutch people are sorry Dutch if you're listening very judgmental of course we are all judgmental at times right and then we pick I try to pick the good out of it but uh, it's it's more like here it's more like hey good for you right you're having success well good for you uh, that type of attitude is I love that about here and I, yeah I cannot speak for for uh, the U S of course Cult- culture is very cozy you know you have the little patios you go for coffee at night. Uh, and like at eight in the evening, you go to someone's house, you get coffee with piece of cake and then maybe some, maybe wine or juice or whatever. And, and that's where all those little things that were so different here. And I, I, I did miss the, yeah, the coziness, the, we call it gezelligheid. <laughs> it sounds like great hospitality to me. Like, to me, that sounds like beautiful hospitality, just gathering together at night, kind of ending the day together in community with other people. I, I love that. I mean, community and hospitality is such a core value of mine that I I would love to gather with people in the evening over a cup of tea or a glass of wine or coffee or whatever, you know, juice, water, doesn't matter. Just, just conversation is really what it's about. I love that. I love that. It's fun to compare cultures, you know, like you haven't, I haven't traveled to the Netherlands. I've never had the chance to go there. It's really fun to hear about how things are different and how culture looks at things differently and how your, your political parties are set up and all of that. It's very fascinating to me. The other thing that I wanted to ask you was another piece that you kind of shared was, you know, just to have these experiences, wanting to grow up and live, you know, um, really just an extraordinary life, like to push yourself to elevate, to expand outside of the box, right, of the childhood experience. And so now that you've been able to create some of that for yourself, even later in life, in your 40s and doing things beyond, you know, what you had done before, what have been some cool experiences that looking back, you're like, holy cow, I've done that, you know, like, have you had any really awesome experiences that are just 
above the fold as a model, as a speaker, as any of the work that you've done? First of all, I always kind of put strength uh, out the fact that I moved and built a whole new life uh, with my husband. And then I also had, uh, well, my husband has dyslexia. So he gave something to some of that to our oldest son had learning disability. So I had to be really strong advocate for for him he got a diagnose but then yeah what happened then is depends on the mom and I think I just did something you know I just but I felt this strong urge to help this little boy and where what I put strength on now if I'm kind of fearful or have yeah feeling uncomfortable I look back on those situations and yeah I, I I did that once I had to get a $36,000 contract for our son for help. And it was right after I got home from my mom's funeral in the Netherlands. I was jet lagged, sad. And then I had to do that in front of a group of people. And I, I just did it, you know, and I got everything we asked for. And yeah, you know, through my work now, I meet so many interesting people. Also the people in a soul centered CEO, that's the main, that's been the main thing. And, and the most fantastic thing I would say is that the one thing, the one connection I have with somebody, I end up in a group or meeting somebody and that gets me onto the next step and then you kind of say goodbye to the other thing but you it all there's always these connections that are almost like magic and and that's why I put my faith on too you know like just keep on going and being consistent and uh having faith that things always sort of work out sometimes with little side roads and little uh hiccups of course but mostly I'm you know learning from them and yeah I've met amazing coaches and and people I work with like it's just unbelievable how, like I could not have dreamed of five years ago or you always think oh how will this happen literally just by one step and silencing those stories in your the limiting stories in your head and just work on it work on what you want and just keep on going it doesn't have to go fast you know I think that's great great advice and I love hearing that some of those big decisions or big moves that you've made have been foundations and strengths that you can call upon when you need it again. There's um, years ago, I did a, a personal development training with a coach and they called this technique, flick back, flick up. This comes from the Pacific Institute with the amazing Lou Tice, who has who founded that organization of coaching. And he calls this um, flick back, flick up. And you can flick back right? You can flick back into your history, recall a time when you were super brave or super strong or super resilient. And just, just those moments where you do things when you don't even know how you did it. You know, like, I don't even know how I went into the room and asked for $36,000, but somehow I got it, right? I don't know how I navigated leaving the Netherlands behind and building a brand new life for myself in a foreign country, but I've done it and I've got the bookcases to prove it, right? Like, I love that. But you can flick back on that and, and 
pull that bravery, pull that strength, pull that courage from that moment and let it flick you up to that next level of what you're currently working on in that current moment, modern day presence, right? So the flick back, flick up, how I learned to call it, right? From that organization, that training that I did, but it's so true. You just described it to a T, right? When there's times when you need that resiliency again, and you might be questioning, how am I going to do that? You may not know exactly how, but you can recall that you've done it once before. So surely you can figure it out again, right? It's so good. I love that theory. I know. That's a good one. That's a good one. So tell us, what are you working on now? Like, you know, what is the True Jetty, (laughs) your brand, True Jetty life all about? Like, what are you working on? How are you, what are you, what is your work in the world these days? What are you up to? Any new projects, any of that fun stuff? Yeah, well, I've had some exciting partnerships done already and more is on the way. We're also working, I'm working on getting signed with um, a big modeling agency, uh, Global. I, I really have the goal, set the goal for myself to travel lots and really you know, shared that with my husband too, which of course at the beginning was scary, but it kind of grew and he's very accepting. And yeah, I just want to be a globetrotter, like literally and work in different places as a model and speaking to, yeah, in September, this September, I go three weeks to France and the Netherlands. The French part is all by myself now, which is kind of uncomfortable too, because I have not done that for years. And I also do uh, for sure one photo shoot in Paris where I'm I'm bringing some goodies that I get from work uh, brands that I work with and then I go also to the Netherlands visit uh, my two best friends there and then I'll meet up with my husband eventually too who still has uh, his mother of 86 there so we'll meet in the town there and then I, I want to do some photo shoots. We're trying to find some uh, collaborations in Amsterdam as well. And uh, yeah, I just probably go to New York or LA to to look at the modeling agencies and, and do some of those things, uh, castings and all that sort of stuff. But step by step, so it's not too overwhelming. So I'm kind of growing in the process. Yeah, and, and I keep on sharing my story about how it all goes and how I feel and how exactly what you say how we can put strength out of each other's stories right that's a big thing too and that we are inclusive and inclusive about mental health and all those things that I've seen so many times are a stigma for people I've seen it in my husband I see it in my son and I'm, uh, I just want people to embrace kind of all of them for myself too I mean I had bulimia and do I never emotionally eat or binge eat anymore no that that's that happens sometimes but you know, the moment that I realized, okay, this is not how we cope anymore. You know, that comes quick. We did, It's not about perfectionism in life. It's the more you embrace yourself, the more you like yourself and the more you are able to do in the world and do it without fear of judgment of others. And uh, yeah. Such a good message. I'm excited about all your travels and fun things that you have going on. I'm a little disappointed because we were set to meet in Paris 
us. And that is now not happening on my end, but I am celebrating that you get to go and continue that journey. Um, although we won't be there for our planned retreat, you'll, you'll go and do some of your photo shoots and get to experience that nonetheless. But I was so looking forward to that. So hopefully that will get regrouped and replanned and hopefully once... <laughs> Once the world calms down, I don't, I don't know exactly when that's going to be, but I look forward. I look forward to connecting with you in person. That would have just been a delight to get to do that this fall. We had a little trip planned um, with some of the soul centered CEOs and we were going to meet up and Je- Jetty was going to be with us. But that that trip has come to a halt just because of the nature of COVID and everything that still continues to unfold at the moment. But that will happen eventually. That will happen eventually. And I love that you use your platform to speak on things like mental health and just acceptance, you know, inclusion is such a big, a big topic and a big, big piece of the conversation these days. And it's really important to see women like you not only use your story to empower other women to help them embrace their life, their body, their, the aging process, and also choosing to live, you know, very abundantly, right? To live into the life and of the dreams that they have. Also to use the platform in a way that is an advocate for others who haven't quite found their voice or don't have that voice, right? One of the things that we're doing a lot of in Light Beamers is talking about this, um, elevate your voice. Like what does it look like for women to truly elevate their voice, Um, We're actually writing a a community book on this topic, Elevate Your Voice, and we're featuring women's voices in that book. And I would love to know for you, what does it mean for you to elevate your voice? And how do you want your story to represent that to other women? Well, first, it's a beautiful project and beautiful book, probably very helpful for a lot of people. Well, I just felt for a long time so lost in this world, and, and I had the belief that I needed to fix in that I needed to be like other people when I figured out that hey I don't I can I have my own power instead of giving others power Uh, it was such a freeing moment and also part of healing my eating disorder because in the end the eating disorder is is not about the food but it's I think for me, it was limiting beliefs, being stuck in my old stories in my past, being stuck in also I live on a farm, kind of being stuck on the farm. And as a mom, you, yeah, you chose to be a mom. So you have to be there too. And now I don't have that anymore. So I can do what I, I can do what I want. <laughs> but uh, how to elevate it for others, I just hope that they can recognize and start to feel less shame. And also realize that, hey, when I'm doing something new or when I start going to school or whatever it is, or I start painting or I start reading a book or a self-help book, it might feel weird. It might feel uncomfortable. I, I want people to know that, you know, it's it's normal. I feel, oh, you don't want to know how many heart rhythm palpitations I had and how much tightness in my diaphragm and how shallow I can breathe sometimes or how sweaty I got during, you know, an Instagram life. That's all normal. And, and, you know, maybe I, maybe I'm even worse or more nervous than others. But I can tell you that I was scared as whatever for the first time being on Instagram live or being on a podcast and you don't have to go, your dreams might totally be different, you know, your desires, but 
please look at them. And I think that when I started following my desires, that was just my life got so beautiful. And even, uh, yeah, like we talked about without knowing how uh, one thing led to another. And, and that's also creating faith because I had trouble having faith. And I, I'm still working on that part too. Well, we're always a work in progress. You know, we are, I am, you are all of our listeners. I mean, we're all on our own journey. I was just having this conversation with my son the other day because he noticed a book that I was reading and it was on my night nights on my bedside table. And he was, you know, and it's a self-help book, of course. And <laughs> he was asking me about it. And I said, you know, it's, you know, remember I'm on my own journey too. Like, you know, I don't have it all figured out, even though I'm your mom, I'm still experiencing areas of my life that I don't have I, I don't have all the answers and I'm still seeking. I'm exploring ways to improve myself in areas that I believe and that I desire to improve in. And I think it was really good for a 15-year-old to hear that, even a 15-year-old boy to hear that coming from his mom. I am a very imperfect human being. And I'm okay being imperfect now. I'm I'm very okay with it. I wasn't always. Um, I think we grow up thinking we've got to have it all figured out. When we burst out of college with our degree, we should be making a six-figure income by the next day. And we should have, you know, the beautiful clothes and the cars and the perfect husband and the white picket fence and all those those things. I, I hope the more that we are sharing our stories nowadays, the less future generations are going to get stuck in those limiting beliefs because we're going to be telling the story so much that those no those expectations are no longer out there because it's all a lie it's all such a lie so i was trying to say that to my son you know like it's a journey and like we never really get off the journey you know really until we die so it's a process and i love that you you share that like it's still pieces that you're working on that there are still crevices dark crevices that you're exploring of your own inner being and your in just areas of your life that you want to improve so thank you for sharing that so openly yeah thank you it was good to talk to you it's always good to talk uh, you know with someone and sharing sharing the stories and so fun so fun i am we're gonna link up all the ways that people can follow you um so next time we see you on instagram live we, we'll know that that's a little that's nerve-wracking but we love and support you through it right uh, and it's so good to share that here we have this model, this speaker, this international model, and yet there's still hard things that we do, right? Like it's not comfortable for everyone. And I hear this all the time in my audience, you know, it's not comfortable for me. It's not comfortable, but you do it anyway, because it's part of the goals. It's part of what's going to move you forward. Um, so now we will follow you on Instagram and all your other channels. True Jetty is the website. Of course, we will link that up. And it is just so fun to see you out there landing new opportunities and representing brands and being that face for other women, like being that face and that voice for other women to go and really kind of live life against the grain, right? Live it against the grain, follow your own rules and don't wait. Like age is just a number and that it's never too late to really step into that power of who you are and fully being who you are. So thank you so much, Jetty, for being on the Inside Story podcast with us today. I've loved having you as a guest and we'll be following along as you make your journeys forward into France and the Netherlands and LA and 
in New York and land those big modeling gigs. We're celebrating and cheering for you. Thanks so much, April. All right, everybody, we will wrap this episode up of the Inside Story podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes where you can um, find all of Jetty's information and be sure to be back here next week when we bring you another amazing episode. We'll see you then. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.